Sairam dear listeners in today's episode of Trist with Divinity we are pleased to bring you a conversation with Dr Hema Gopinathan in this two part interview with radio size Karuna Munchi Dr Gopinathan shares interesting experiences and learnings that she and her family have gathered during their 35 year association with Sai This interview was recorded at the studios of Radio Sai on 26th of January 2012. Sai Ram dear listeners, our guest today is Dr. Hema Gopinathan. A physician by profession, Dr. Hema Gopinathan is the deputy medical superintendent of the Sri Satya Sai General Hospital, Prashanti Nilayam. Dr. Hema Gopinathan and her husband Dr. Y Gopinathan started serving at Bhagwan's General Hospital in 1998. Both of them have very impressive professional credentials that have enabled this team of doctors to serve the needy for decades now. Dr. Mrs. Hema Gopinathan completed her MBBS degree in 1961 from New Delhi's Lady Harding College. She went on to complete her residency in two specializations, internal medicine and cardiology from Cleveland, Ohio in the United States. In 1968, she completed her FRCP from the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada and for 17 years she practiced as a consulting internist and cardiologist in Windsor, Ontario alongside her husband, a fellow doctor. Her husband Dr. Y Gopinathan is a medical graduate of Usmania University in Hyderabad. He pursued his further medical education at Ames New Delhi, Cleveland Ohio in the United States, and in 1967 he earned his American diplomat in surgery. The couple ran a successful practice in their respective fields at Windsor Ontario for nearly 2 decades. All this changed in 1989 when they decided to relocate to India and for 23 years they have directed their medical expertise to serving God in the sick and the ailing. Today we hope to learn more about Sai's presence in the life of the Gopinathan family. Sairam Dr. Hema Gopinathan and welcome to Radio Sai. Thank you so much giving me the opportunity to be here with you all and Sairam to all the listeners. I was trying to put my life with Swami together today for this interview mm-hmm. and I realized there was such a beautiful chain and Swami had orchestrated every part of the coming few years uh, prepared us for that uh, by our experiences I have got my life in three sections mm-hmm. really one is uh, in Windsor when Swami sort of real consciously found that swami uh, had entered our life because i know he was there in our lives even before then the next um, 12 years was in pathamadai which was a charitable hospital by swami shivananda and then since nine, uh, 98 we have been here in general hospital and each one of these preceding years has prepared us for the next session wow unbelievable how from simple lessons to lessons in medicine lessons showing that he has been with us every section of our life wow. so what i thought 
I will give you a brief introduction to our life before Swami or before our conscious, our conscious life with Swami. Sure. We were, I would say, honest, hardworking, simple people. West did not attract us. As a matter of fact, after our training, we came back to India to find a job. We did not want private practice because we couldn't ask for money. So we wanted jobs and every job had pre-selected candidates. So we decided, decided to go back. And when we went back, our life was just children, their education, their helping them, our house life and practice. our practice. That is all. We had no social life. And so, in 1976, in an Independence Day function, August 15th, uh, one of our patients insisted that we come. And we knew nobody. So, this was the Indo-Canadian community function. Yes. And he insisted that we must come. So, every face was a new face, except Dr. Singh's. And we had heard about him, so we sat next to him. And we started conversation. We had realized he goes to India very often. So we said, oh, you go to India very often. Yes. And in those days, Swami had told them, don't publicize me. So it was so difficult to get any information from him. But finally, he told us he goes to see Swami. And of course, my husband had read uh, Howard Murphy's Man of Miracles. So he said, is it true? Swami um, materializes uh, instruments and does surgery. So he said, he does that and much more. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are interested, come to the center. It is every Sunday, 10 to 12. That is his residence in Windsor. In residence in Windsor. So we ended up the next Sunday, we, all four of us, my son, my daughter, us, we went there. And what impressed us was the punctuality. The program started right at 10. The discipline, the bhajans, and of course later, the teachings. And somehow, all my life, the miracles have never attracted me too much. But the teachings were absolutely so attractive that we were always talking only about the teachings. Mm -hmm. And my parents had instilled these same values, but I sort of learned to reinterpret them. So uh, we started going and we were actively involved. It didn't take us any time, all four of us. My son resisted a little bit because sitting quiet was not his style. He must have been a little boy then. He was... Nine, I think, uh -huh. nine or so. So, but he also, he, he is a musician and he loves playing. And the bhajans came like that so easily for him. He would uh, push my s s daughter away. He said, you sit, I will play the harmonium. So that came very easy for him. So he was attracted for that. And uh, we were attracted because the teachings were so sound and so useful. And I had growing up children. Canadian society outside was very different mm -hmm. and surprisingly children were also attracted to the teachings mm -hmm. so uh, I will tell you a few of the lessons that we learnt early uh, one was what is kindness so we had one day my husband was going to a meeting across to Detroit suited nicely and on the way the tunnel there was a man in cold he was shaking and he was asking for a ride. And my husband, I, we had just learned about all this, what Swami likes us to do. So he stopped the car, got him in, got across the border. So when we went to the other side, say citizenship, he said Indian, Canadian. Uh, then he said, that man, says, I don't know, 
You mean you have somebody in your car and you don't know who he is? Pull up. So he stopped. Then this man used the filthiest language. So what is your problem? He's taking me across. What? Like that he talked to the immigration officers and finally they sort of, they knew he was not a big problem. They told my husband, realize that we could have put you in jail mm-hmm. for taking across somebody without, thinking without knowing who he who is, he what he is. This is not done. Don't do it. He crossed, he dropped the man. He dropped and went and as he crossed, he shook like, he said, what have I done? So, Swami says, you can be kind, mm-hmm. but you must think. Yeah. You must think, you cannot uh, do something against a law. And this is against a law. This was one. The other thing was, the, we went to a retreat. Mm-hmm. A side retreat? side retreat mm-hmm. in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh-huh. So, uh, there was a couple, uh, Afro, uh, Afro-American, a uh, fair boy. They had a fair boy. He, they were told that he has admission in the UTE school under Dr. Mrs. Verma. I don't know whether you know. Yes. The first principal of uh, the UTE school. UTE school. Yes. So, uh, they said, see, we can't come twice. We'll go now and then we have to take the child out in December when the school closes. Therefore, could you take him? So, he thought, well, this is Swami's service. Let us take him. They came to our house, stayed with us, introduced the boy to us. We were new parents, etc., etc. And we came with a one-way ticket for the child. We came here. He had no admission. They said, uh, we never promised him. So now, our son's admission was also one of our issues. So, uh, we were running to Mr. Srinivasan. Bhagavantam sir was there, one after the other, to get admission for this boy. And he couldn't get it. Finally, my husband had to leave with him home and we had to buy a ticket for him. We used up all our foreign, uh, I mean, travelers' checks. checks. We still couldn't get it. We got uh, some Indian money. And uh, Indian money, if you take, you need a P form. Uh And for P form, you take three days. And he has to fly that day. But we got, Swami was there. Within half an hour, we got our P form. And... I, I went with my husband, my son and daughter stayed back. So they went away. When they landed in New York, they said, uh, where is the father? Oh, father is waiting in Detroit to pick him up. He says, you mean you're bringing a minor without a letter, without any authorization across the international borders? Again, he did it. So he says, he didn't have an answer. He says, this is a crime. To bring a child. How do we know you're not abducting the child? Mm. So that was the second time he did it. Kindness. So, so you have to learning learn. important lessons. Learning. Absolutely. Very right early. from the beginning. Very early. So he said, so you have to see what is kindness. The second lesson was um, being not wasteful. One of the things we used to do is Swami says, don't waste. So we'll come to Bangalore and take a bus to Puttapath. Five hours. We had never been used to Indian buses. Long time. So And the road was awful. The road was bad and we had baggage from yeah. states. So all this and the boys' schooling, all the things were there. And we came. Later somebody said, Okay, you were very careful. You didn't waste. What did you do with the money? You kept it in your bank. That's a waste. Money must circulate. So if you are not wasting, use it for a good reason. Otherwise... Use it, let it circulate, come in a taxi and also travel what is appropriate. 
it doesn't look nice. You travel like a beggar when you can't afford. I mean, you're flying so the, it in a jet and then taking a bus. Exactly. So this was the other lesson. And I, talking about the wastefulness, one year my husband had such an intense desire to come to India. But we had just come and gone. And he said, Swami is everywhere. Why should I waste money coming to, going to India to see Swami? Swami is here with us. So, I mean, you can justify anything you want to. So he, that one weekend he was on duty. They rotate in yes. duties. And you wouldn't believe he has never had such a practice. Three unusual lawnmower injuries. Three in a row. My husband said, uh, Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh were lying down with toes for Pada Seva, like that. Then one gentleman just had his elbow taken off, then an appendix. He made the money needed to come to India. Hmm. Swami says, when I give you the feeling that you have to come, I will also take care of what you need. So you don't have to worry about where is the money, why the waste and all. So again, waste is a definition and how you use it we learned from Swami. Mm -hmm. So since then, either we use or we sort of uh, don't don't waste is a good lesson. Yeah. But these were the two early lessons. One other thing is, uh, what is a general teaching, and what is personal uh, advice? Two different things. Generally, you must take care of so and so. But if Swami says leave and go. That takes a precedence to anything else that you have learned. Because that's specific to you as a person at that moment in time. Yes, yes. So one, we had a summer course for children and one gentleman got up and said, meat eating is okay. And here we are, all of us stunned. But, and there's, oh, Swami couldn't have said it. That's not true. A gentleman like that would not lie. But misinterpretation. And what had happened was he was very fond of non-vegetarian food. And must have told Swami, can I eat meat? Okay. Because at that time you are not ready to give it up. And here, if he had told him, leave it, he would have been thinking of only non-vegetarian no, yeah. food, not Swami. Yeah. Swami gives you time yeah. to relate to him and then slowly it will reach that stage. So, so, it is not that somebody doesn't understand or doesn't say a lie. But there is a time and space, place for doing things. And Swami does it exactly at the right time. And so if he tells you, go there, you're going east and he says, go west, you go west. That is how obedience to Swami is that. Yeah, that's a topic I'll touch upon a little later in the interview because I know there are many such instances of uh, uh, complete obedience that you had to practice in your life. But uh, before we go any further, it was on August 15th, as you said, 1976, that Dr. V.P. Singh, who has headed the Canadian Sai movement for decades, introduced you to Bhagwan. After that, when was the first time that you and your family came to see Bhagwan in person? 77, we came, following year. And did you have an opportunity to interact with him? Not at all. We were far away. It was Guru Purnima time. He was in the auditorium in Vrindavan one day. And we had, you know how the crowd is. And we had come with 10 days for my parents, 10 days for my husband's parents, 10 days for Swami. Equal division. (laughs) So we, because we had not related to Swami or known people how to relate. So we said, even division. Uh-huh. We will come to Swami, see. So, but the feeling was total that we knew him and 
that he even made though he didn't so speak to you you just felt that sense of connection connection that's uh-huh. very comfortable with it and uh, that was it and uh, we didn't feel sad that we didn't have anything more and we went back But i see there is one aspect of being a devotee of swami that is really critical to your success in this journey with sai this privilege of being his devotee does at times call for really very strong infinite resignation to his will that you were speaking of earlier complete obedience in your life um, there are many instances where you had to take this huge leap of faith and surrender unquestioningly to bhagwan's almost to the extent of absurdity i think most people would be perplexed to see such a highly educated family like yours making seemingly irrational choices so i would really like for you to touch upon these instances um, i can think of three from the research i've done the first one was concerning your daughter saumya who is a successful pediatrician now in the us and it was about her medical education she had some tough choices to make because by the time she went to high school she was totally into swami and she was very keen to please him how did this whole dilemma play out fortunately had prepared us by some other smaller episodes mm-hmm. like one was uh, coming back to india we were at the peak of our practice but we were always indian we always wanted to come back so though it looks like it was a big decision it wasn't for us it was so easy this is june 84 he told us come back in 5 years so that would be 989 and we were waiting for june 89 exactly to complete 5 years mm-hmm. and we were in the plane we were coming back that was not as much a challenge as somia's was she had had a very vivid dream we were sitting in the sands um in shivaratri time and swami walked by and said do you want to please me if you want to quit medicine and she was now in the fourth year just 3 months before she would graduate of med school of med school in in, in canada in canada she yearbook was published photographs were taken they had applied for all the postings uh, internship is all uh, applied for in december so mm-hmm. everything was done she had chosen her what subject and everything was done and swami came in her dream so she took one week she was not at home she was in residence in london ontario University of Western Ontario Western Ontario Then after a week when she decided she called home and she said I want you both to be on the telephone I have something to tell you and she said Swami has asked me to quit medicine and what we, was your reaction your daughter is finishing very, successfully her medical program very surprising he said what do you think she said I want to quit then quit can you imagine we were not stunned we nothing she called and she had made the decision so very good quit this i mean you would think we were absolutely brainless to have uh, answered that way one week later she said oh you what have you done because by one week she had withdrawn from the college she had brought everything back and there was no turning back at that time only we said oh maybe we should have not allowed her to do that but one thing was my son was studying here mm-hmm. so we had telegrammed him saying that somi had such a dream asked swami whether he wants her to quit and he sat with the telegram and swami said yes 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 ask her to quit okay so Finished. you had validation from validation. swami uh, so she came home and we were challenged till that time we were okay somehow okay but the center people 
my brother-in-law, uh, everyone. So how can you do that? You believe. Why are you spoiling your daughter's life? Bombarded from every direction. And then we also started thinking, maybe we're rash in doing all this. Anyway, there was no turning back. And my daughter was very secure in her decision. So she would sit at home. She would cook for us. She will play the harmonium, sing bhajans. And Swami will come in her dream practically every day and give her lessons. Some she would share with us, some she will not. She has a whole book of her. We thought Swami will call us during Shivaratri. Shivaratri came and went. No, no indication of when to come to India. Then in April, my son sent a telegram. Swami wants you to come. So we came. And first interview, Swami said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then he asked Somya, what are you doing? Nothing. What do you mean by nothing? Swami, you told me to quit medicine. Oh, imagination. All imagination. She says, my husband hardly ever talks. So no, Swami, I've got the telegram. <laughs> <laughs> you confirmed it in person. In person. So he said, yes, I said then, now ask her to go back. Now, this was April. Already admissions for the next session is gone. And also, she, the dean had asked her so many times, take a year off. Don't quit. But she she couldn't tell them why she is quitting. If you are burnt out, doesn't matter. Take a year off. She was two. such a bright she student. Was, and also she was very young. She was 18 I see. when she entered medical college. Usually people finish degree yeah. at that time. Anyway, so... So she went her, back to... She went back. She same university? Work. Same university. Western she Ontario, Western, London. Yeah. And uh, uh, she went back to the dean now. And he said her file was just being shelved. And they said, uh, she was just in time. So he said, what's the matter? So she says, I want to continue. He says, why did you quit? He says, I have a guru who told me to quit. So I'd, if the guru asked you to murder, will you do that? Oh, these people do not uh, ever think of harming anybody. They are for the welfare of the whole universe. So then he must have seen something wrong in my future. If I had continued. So he stopped me to, he asked me to st stop. Now he has asked me to return to medical school. And of course, she was a good student, but they said, We want a letter from a Hindu, one who believes in your religion. Then we want you to bring a letter from one who believes in your guru. And the third one will be a psychiatric examination mm. that you're okay, that you're not off your head. So, uh, the person with Hindu faith used to teach Bhagavad Gita in the university. He couldn't understand how we could mess up our daughter's life. Says, I guess it's uh, one thing to read the read Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavad quite another to walk the talk. Exactly. So anyway, he used to love us so much. So he said, okay, I'll give a letter. But you know, if you don't have the heart in it, your letter also doesn't sound as... Dr. Singh also said, Dr. Sahib, sab to theek hai. Uh, I mean, everything is okay, huh. but you you can't take her out of medical college like that just on a dream. Anyway, we had to convince him, Bhai sahab, please write, write a letter. So he also wrote convincing letter, but with a half heart. Uh, I guess that explaining way. the Guru Shishya Parampara and yes. how this yes. culture operates. Yes. And who Sai Baba was oh. and what how many good things he's doing. And I see. Finally, the psychiatrist was the one who gave the most uh, beautiful letter. 
He said, not only is she sound of mind, she has a very sound moral and ethical value. Wow. And she will be an asset to the medical profession. Hmm. She got it. And she finished one year behind her class. So now she had to change her line because she couldn't apply to the same places and explain all the story. So she decided she will change. And she wondered what to do. And she remembered one earlier interview we had with Swami. We were all doctors. So you're a heart, you're an orthopedician, eye doctor, surgeon. What are you? Children? And he left it. We didn't understand children. She's so young. We had not thought of it as a children's doctor oh, at that time. Dad. My daughter reflected back and she says, Swami wants me to do pediatrics probably. So she got, went into pediatrics. First in Toronto, then in Ottawa. And now, of course, she's in Phoenix, Arizona. But it was a tough thing. But it challenged us and made us courageous and have a very sound faith in Swami that he will not let you down. And we know now that her life couldn't have been better. Mm-hmm. And I guess and then, that's where she met her future husband in yes, Ottawa. she met him in Ottawa. So whatever happens, happens for the good, even for though it seems so crazy at so that crazy. moment. And uh, we were bombarded by the center. By, Terrible uh, peer pressure, isn't it? Uh, we used to take the telephone off the hook sometimes, but uh, hospital calls will come. Uh-huh. So when we were on duty, it will be on. Otherwise, Sundays we would, because brother-in-law made it a point to call us. Regularly. <laughs> to remind you that uh, you were <laughs> you brainwashed <laughs> and spoiling your child's yeah, future. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you look back in hindsight, all the dots connect so beautifully. Yes. Everything is perfect. But we don't know the dots uh, at that time. Of time. And yeah. that's why we are so uncertain and yeah. insecure. Well, I believe this uh, sort of uncertainty played out again when you came with great enthusiasm after Swami gave you a five-year grace period to wind up all your work in the West yeah. and returned to his lotus feet, which you did in 1989, perhaps expecting a royal <laughs> welcome back into his fold. No, we had given up that. He <laughs> said, Swami will give us what is due. And what, what came your way? Frozen. We were in the freezer. Put on ice? It, uh, put on ice. Swami would come this way and then jump, go beyond. So he was ignoring uh, you? Totally. And we took some time to even realize that because we had no pressing points. Uh-huh. We had to be place somewhere. Uh-huh. Otherwise, we had no problems. Uh-huh. So he said, you know, so many people have so many problems. Naturally, Swami has to pay attention to them. No. Then, no answer, no answer. So my husband said, listen, I'm not going to sit here forever. Uh, he had, we had met one gentleman long before that. He would say, Swami ke kucho ke dhande mein pad gaye. Uh-huh. I mean, if you are sitting, because Swami said, sit down. Kucho, 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 you're gone. So my husband said, no, six weeks. We will be here. Otherwise, all of India is Swami's and we will go. And we had already decided we will go only to rural India. Mm-hmm. So, he will guide us. So, we waited for six weeks and still we were in the freezer. But Swami guided us to Shivananda Hospital. This was in, in Tamil Nadu in a place called Patam- Patamatai, Patamatai. Where uh, Swami Shivananda was born. So, they had made a hospital, centenary hospital. But they couldn't get any doctors to stay. Resident doctors, they And how did you know you were meant to be there? Uh, Because uh, we went to this uh, foreigner's uh, um, lecture and as we walked in, they were talking about Swami's visit to Rishikesh, Swami Shivananda. That's in Prashanti Niliam, you went to the foreigner's lecture. So we went in and uh, this is what. So already a gentleman had approached us. 
that Swami has so many doctors, why don't you come to Shivananda Hospital? We are in need of doctors. So we said, no, 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 Swami has to tell us we have to come. And here we walk in and this. So we thought maybe this is an indication. So we went to Rishikesh. We met Swami uh, Chidanandaji, who is the president. And as we walked in, he opens a suite and he says, Oh, Sai sweets. And he thought we had brought it, but somebody else had brought it. So for us, in both places, Swami was there and, and Shivananda was being mentioned. So we went and we got to this place where we spent nine and a half years. What was the experience like? Beautiful. And the experiences Swami had given earlier were so important for us to be in um, Patamadai because we knew Swami was with us and Swami will hold our hand. We did such major surgeries with what? Two of us were the only resident doctors. The other four doctors were coming from city, will stay for the OPD and go back. We're the only two doctors and we had no anesthetist. He will come on Sundays from the teaching hospital. And we did such big surgeries only because Swami had shown earlier in mm-hmm. Windsor that he was with us for small surgery, big surgery, and he will guide us to stop the surgery at a particular point uh-huh. and give us a diagnosis which we were missing. Uh-huh. So we knew Swami was with us. We can do as long as we worked hard and we thought out. As Swami said, all good work is God's work, yes. regardless of where you carry it out. Exactly. We knew he was with us. And uh, of course, my, our mothers were there. So it, it really so, played out well uh, for both your moms. A bungalow with three bedrooms. We had only asked for running water and sanitation. We said anywhere in village asking for more is not possible. But uh, they gave us this. Mothers were very happy. Puttaparthi, they couldn't have climbed up. They couldn't have lived in a small room at that time. So Swami had... Timed it perfectly. Timed it. Mothers were happy till the end. They were so happy. And we had the joy of sending them off happy. They never thought we will come back. Mm-hmm. So that was Patamadai. And Patamadai's surgical experiences were great. You mentioned that uh, you always knew Swami was guiding you through the surgery because... Sairam, dear listeners, we beg your indulgence to pause part one of this interview right here. But we promise to be back with part two at the same time, same day, next week. And we assure you that you will find part two of this interview both gripping and insightful. So please be sure to join us. Meanwhile, Please keep your feedback coming. We always look forward to hearing from you. Our email ID is listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and Sairam from Prashanti Nilayam.